Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, say amen. amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Today we're continuing our series on the marks, and today we're talking specifically about what it takes to win. Uh, Paul says that we're running a race. Uh, the Bible teaches us in this story that God's people are at war, and we need to understand that. There is a war against you and me as children of God. In this particular passage of Scripture, as we're looking at Joshua, we're looking at the story of Joshua. Joshua's been given a difficult task. He's to step into the, the shoes of Moses, and he is to lead the 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 people of God, two million people, into the land that has been promised to them. But he's not leading them into this land without any obstacles. There are problems that are going to be there. There are giants in the land. There are fortified cities that they're going to have to take. Joshua is leading his people into war. And the difference between them and us is this. They knew they were going into war. They knew the battles they were going to face. They knew what was ahead of them. They were aware of the obstacles. And oftentimes we as Christians don't understand the obstacles we face. We need to understand that God has called us to represent him. God has called us to do his will. And as we look at what Joshua is doing, I hope that we can learn some lessons from him about how he won and what it takes for us, you and I as Christians, to win in our personal fights, in, our, in, our, in, our, in, in the battles that we face with our, with, our, with our families, with our city, with our nation. We need to understand that we are here in whatever takes place. We are here to win. God wants you and I to win. Now, he's given uh, J Joshua some major commands. Look at verse 2. The Bible says, And Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give unto them, even to the children of Israel. I want you to see here, first of all, that God gave Joshua an objective. They knew their objective. The people of God knew what they were supposed to be doing. They knew that this was God's plan. They knew what they were supposed to do. They were to take the land. Whatever it takes, you go in there and you take the land. Everyone had the same goal. They were united together. They, th this was the plan. This was the plan for those two million people. They were to go in. They were to take the land. The idea was they were to advance the kingdom of God. They were to move forward. It was t now time for them to take this land. And, and throughout history, from that point on, that land would have a pivotal part in human history, even as it does today. They were called to take the land. That was their objective. When I thought about that this week, I thought about, man, what is the objective of Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada? 
What is our objective? Do you know what it is? Do you know what God wants us to be doing? I, I thought back to the beginning of this church 46 years ago. Now we're in our 47th year, uh, getting closer to the 47th anniversary. God called my wife and I to come back here and start a church, and, I, and you think, what was it all about? Well, well, number one was the same as theirs, to advance the kingdom of God. They went into a land to advance the kingdom. We really believe that God wanted us to come back to Las Vegas, Nevada, not to have a nationwide ministry, but just to, to reach Las Vegas with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We wanted to advance his kingdom. But not only that, when I was in college, there were people who were preaching about how America is going downhill and things are, things are bad in America and, and there are people that are leading America astray. And I, I, I got to thinking, uh, uh, when I was in college, I thought, man, what can I do to help America have the blessing of God on on it again. What can I do as an individual to bring God's blessing? The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is Jehovah. Jehovah in the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament. So blessed is the nation whose God is Jesus. So I want, I want to tell everybody I can about Jesus. I want to advance the cause by telling people about Jesus. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The Bible says this, that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So I want to teach God's people to live righteously. And I want to do that for some selfish reasons. In Deuteronomy, God said to Moses, Moses, I want you to tell my people when they go into the land, you need to tell them to teach their children to love me, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, to love me with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their might. Teach Teach my children to teach their children and to teach their grandchildren. You can read this in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when you go home. He said, teach them to love me with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their might. That's what I want you to teach them. I want you to teach them to teach their children and to teach their grandchildren. Man, I, I think that is so important. It is so important that we do that. Why? Because I want this country here for my children and my grandchildren. When I, when I was, a judge, I, I, again, I've told you this before, I was 10 years old when my dad died, and I always just wanted to have a real family, a real family with a dad and a mom and, and grandmas and grandpa. I wanted that, and I wanted to develop a family here. So one of the reasons that we came back to Las Vegas was to advance the kingdom of God by telling people about Jesus, but the other one was to save America for our grandchildren. I mean, selfishly. I want, I want my children to have the freedom to worship God the way we do. Aren't you glad we can come to this place and worship Jesus? Can you say amen to that? I want that for my children. I want that for my grandchildren. I, I want to do everything I can to preserve this country so my children will have the freedom to do what God wants them to do. I, I want that. I, I love the fact that my children, my, some, a couple of my grandchildren are in college studying for them for, to, 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 uh, to, to give their lives, to use their lives for God in whatever occupation God calls them to. Whether it's ministry or whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's business, whatever it is, I want my children and my grandchildren to have the freedom that this land offers. And so I, I, uh, the objective of this church 
And the founding of this church was to advance the kingdom of God and to, to save America for our grandchildren. Here's a, here's a third thing, and this is really real. The, uh, we just want to keep people from going to hell. Can you say amen to that? I, I, people will say to me from time to time, you'll hear people say, well, this nation is going to hell. Well, you know how it's going to hell? One person at a time. You know how it'll get heading to heaven again? It's one person at a time. The fact of the matter is, we live in a confused, messed up nation. They don't know what they believe. I, they, there are people in our nation don't even know what a man is, don't even know what a woman is, don't know that women carry babies. Uh, they don't know that. They're confused. There are, there are men who think they're women, and there are men who want to dress like women, and there are women who want to dress like men. This is confusing. Because and you say, do you think God's going to judge us for that? No, 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 no. Understand this. The sin of America is not abortion. The sin of America is not the LGBTQ uh, philosophy. The sin of America isn't the woke philosophy. The sin of America is America walked away from God. Can I hear a bigger amen on that? That's the problems in America. That's what we face. That's what you see on television every night. That's what you see on the internet. That's what you see our, our nation. And listen, God's people have walked away from the principles of God's word. Man, it's just, it's amazing. And so what we need to do as, as God's people is remember the objective. Listen, I, I want to see America saved, but I believe it's done by telling people how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. See, the Bible says every one of us are, are hell-deserving sinners. Every one of us. Every, you say, well, I grew up in church. You still deserve to go to the same hell I deserve to go to. See, we all deserve to go to hell, but God loves us in spite of the fact that we're sinners. Not because we're so good. He loves us in spite of the fact that we're sinners. And he loves us so much that he became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and he died in our place, paid for our sin, was buried, proving that he was dead, stayed in the grave three days and three nights, proving he was dead. On the third day, he rose from the dead, was seen by hundreds, maybe even thousands of people, and then he went back to heaven. He did that to pay for your sin and to pay for my sin. He was, he was God who could be everywhere at the same time, in the past, present, and future all at the same time, and yet he was man so he could die at one time in space and time for all of mankind's sin. He paid for your sin, he paid for my sin, was buried, rose from the dead, and now he's in heaven. He says, listen, you can know you're going to heaven by coming to me and admitting that you're a sinner and asking me to give you eternal life. The Bible says it this way. Jesus said this, if anyone comes unto me, I'll in no wise cast them out. Paul said it this way, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The only way I can get to heaven is by coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you are God. I believe you died for me and were buried and rose from the dead for me. And I want to ask you to give me eternal life. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we need to go everywhere preaching that gospel. Can you say amen to that? That's what we need to do because people are going to hell. And hell is a real place. It's a place of great torment. It's a, it's a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's a place of outer darkness. It's, it's described as a place of flames and torment. It's terrible. No one. I, I don't want anyone to go to hell. We need to go throughout Las Vegas telling people how they can know they're going to heaven. And hopefully, hopefully the people in Las Vegas who go everywhere in the world will tell other people they can know for sure they're going to heaven too. The objectives of Liberty Baptist Church are to advance the kingdom of God, to save America from, 
for our grandchildren to keep uh, people from going to hell. <laughs> and we, we have a, a purpose statement, and the purpose statement is very simply this, to develop disciples for Jesus Christ. See, we want to see people get saved. We want to see people get uh, grow in Christ. We want to see people become what God wants them to be. The Bible says it this way. Jesus said this, why he came. He said this, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. We need to remember that this is who we are. I'm not here, and you're not here, and this church isn't here to get rich, to get famous, to, to we, uh, thank the Lord he paid off our debt. Thank the Lord that we are, we are debt-free. Thank the Lord for all the material things he's given to us. Thank, thank him for this beautiful auditorium, for the great Sunday school classes, for the connection classes, for everything we have. Thank, thank him for the, all the facilities. But that, we're not here to give facilities. We're here to take this place for Jesus Christ. We are here to develop disciples for Jesus Christ. And we want to make that name clear. And we want to make that objective clear. That is our objective. Their objective was to take the land. Our objective is to develop disciples for Jesus Christ. Not only did they have an objective, but they had a strategy. They had a strategy. Uh, what was their strategy? I want you to see this. Look in verse 6. God said to him, be strong and of a good courage. In verse 7, again, he said, be strong and very courageous. In verse 9, he said, be strong and of good courage. What was their strategy? Their strategy of taking the land was, was simply this. Get rid of all the sin by killing everybody that opposes them. Now, I want to make this very, very clear. That's not our strategy. God's plan, though, he, God hated the sin that was in the land. God hated the sin that was in the land. God, that was a time where those people knew what they were doing, and they knew they were doing wrong. And God, by the way, God didn't send them in. And it's so interesting. In Deuteronomy, God says, I'm not sending you in to take over the land because you're so righteous. I'm not sending you in the land because you're so good. I'm not doing this because of your righteousness. I'm doing it because they are exceedingly wicked. They're an abomination to me. And I'm doing it, to, if I'm using you out of mercy and grace, I'm sending you in because, because, but I'm not sending you in because of your righteousness, but because of my mercy and my grace and because of the promise I made to Abraham. But I'm telling you this, you don't deserve this. They are exceedingly wicked and exceedingly uh, uh, disobedient, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sending you in because of their exceeding wickedness. Wow, God hates sin. God doesn't want it in the lives of believers. God doesn't want us to justify our wrong. Their, their strategy was, was a simple, we're marching. And that's why God said, you be strong. You be courageous. There, by the way, there is a just, there's such a thing as a just war. If someone comes along with, with you in the Bible and says, hey, there's no such thing as a just war, you, they don't understand the word of God. There was a just war. There was a reason. And God said, you're going to go in there and you're going to take over. But again, that was then. That's not God's strategy for us today. Our strategy, very simply, is to give the gospel to everyone. Jesus came into this world. He invaded this world. People ask me this question. They say, do you believe in alien invasion? Do you believe <clears throat> that... that I mean, it's, it, it, what it's amazing to me <clears throat> is news people, uh, news anchors, and 
uh, the media and, and even politicians now are talking about alien invasions. They're talking about UFOs. They've even got new initials for them. Uh, they, they're talking about these, these things that they're noticing and these are real and it's been an undercover cover-up job by the United States government for, for all these years. All these things are talking. People ask me, do you believe in UFOs? Do you believe in alien invaders? Do you believe that there's extraterrestrial life out there? And the answer is yes. I believe in an alien invasion. I believe that extraterrestrials have come to this earth. And I believe that they are you and me. <laughs> Say, what are, you, what are you talking about? <clears throat> when God created the heavens and the earth, placed a man named Adam and a woman named Eve in the garden. He said, I want you to take dominion over this whole earth. I want you to be fruitful and multiply and take over this earth. And I want you to, to just control it. But uh, there was a, a being named Satan who hated mankind. Here's why. Man was created in the image and likeness of God. When God created man, he said, we're going to make him in our image and in our likeness. If you go to Isaiah chapter 14, Satan wanted that position. Satan said in Isaiah 14, five times he said, I will. And the last thing he said, he said, I will be like the Most High. And God the Father said, no, that's not the case. In fact, you're going to be cast into hell. God creates man, and he creates man in his image and in his likeness. Satan hates mankind for that. God, God place, places mankind over the, uh, as, a, as the authority over this earth. And so what does Satan do? Satan comes into the garden, deceives the woman, and deceives the man, and says, look, you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and, and you're going to become like gods. And uh, say, ate. And when they did, this is what happened. They chose to obey Satan rather than God, and when they did that, they placed themselves under the dominion of Satan, and he became, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God of this world. So the God of this world is Satan. <clears throat> He's in control of this world. And that went on for 2,000, or for 4,000 years, and then 2,000 years ago, God, the Father, extraterrestrial sent his son an extraterrestrial into this earth and Satan did everything he could to kill him he did everything he could to stop him he did everything he could to, to keep him away but you can't stop God say amen to that amen. so he came in he invaded this world and he came so that he could die for our sins and be buried and rise from the dead. Now, Satan thought, when I got him, when he's dead on the cross, boom, he's dead. It's over. But that wasn't the case. Because on the cross, the last words that Jesus said was, Father, the spirit that's given me life, I take this spirit and I commend it into your hands. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And the spirit of, the spirit of God left and went to the Father so that the Father could give it to anyone who called on Jesus. 
Jesus died, was buried, rose from the dead, went back to heaven. Now, when you and I say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. Would you please give me eternal life? He sends that same Holy Spirit that dwelt in Jesus Christ. He sends him to come and live inside of us. And when he comes, according to John chapter 16, he brings God the Father and God the Son, and they come and they live inside of us. And we are the aliens. We have him Invading, in, invaders of the body snatchers. That's the, that's the whole idea. Your body has been snatched by, by God. And you are walking. And you are contrary. You think contrary. You look different. You act different than the rest of the world because you, according to Jesus, are not of this world. Say amen. amen. You need to understand that. They had a strategy. Their strategy was to go in and kill everybody. Ours is to share the gospel with everyone. Jesus, when he left this earth for the last time, he left this earth and he said to his disciples, now, you know the gospel. You know who you are. You know that you're my children. You know that, that you're, you're here to advance the kingdom. So go. Go, therefore, and teach all nations. Teach them about this baptizing them. Once they get saved, immerse them into the truth of, of the church. Uh, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So you identify with Him, with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You, you identify with the local church. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. God said, look. Jesus said, look. Uh, here's the strategy. You go and you share the gospel. I've empowered you. I've filled you. I want you to go and convert the lost. We're not to condemn them. We're not to kill the lost. We're to convert them. We're to tell them how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. And then he doesn't end there, though. He says, train these people to serve you. We do that. At Liberty Baptist Church, we, our, our plan of developing disciples for Jesus Christ is done through weekly Bible teaching. We focus on teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. We do that on Sunday mornings. We do that on Wednesday nights. But on Sunday evenings, we do that through our connection classes. We do that through our connection classes. We, by the way, you just cannot grow coming into a huge auditorium and then go home, and then that's it. I got my hour a week of Jesus. The other 167 hours a week, I'll be influenced by the world. This is not going to work for your growth. You need more than that. That's why we have connection classes. We have connection classes so that you can get connected with other Christians. Do you realize this? That God didn't even send his disciples, that he had personally trained them. He didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. We need one another. We need one another. You need to be in a connection class. We do this also through discipleship. We, we take, uh, you, you, on Wednesday evenings, you can come in here and get involved one-on-one -on -one with an individual. If you're a man what with, what with another man, a woman with another woman, or if you say, oh, I like to do things with my, with my spouse, then you can, with your husband and wife, you can meet with another husband and wife, and you can go through discipleship and, and grow in your knowledge of the Word of God. You need that. You need that. Why? That's our strategy. That's what we're doing. That's how we are teaching you to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. 
That's, that's, that's it. We, we want to teach Christian principles for success in your family, in your community, in business, and in government. That's what we're all about. We, we don't want to just teach the adults. We have, why, why do we have LBA? Why do we have Liberty Baptist Academy? We do that because we want to train your children. We want to disciple your children. We want, to, we want them to grow. Our, our focus, in our, in our, though it's a quality education, you can't get a more quality education than at Liberty Baptist Academy. You're going to learn reading, writing, and the other things that I didn't learn. <laughs> but you're going to, you're, with all of that, you're going to learn character. You're going to learn to live for, for Jesus Christ. The Bible says train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, the idea there is as he is growing older, he'll not depart from it. We want to help you raise your children for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, you see? It's all about our, our objective is, to, is developing disciples for Jesus Christ. We want to see people saved, rescued from hell, so that they'll live for the Lord. And in doing that, in doing these things, we're helping save America. We want to take, so how do we do that? What's our strategy? Our strategy is to tell everybody we can about Jesus, and then once they're saved, get them into church, and then once they're in church, we want to get them into small group Bible studies so that they have a, a, a support group so you can grow together and you can help others and they can help you. You say, I don't need those small group. Well, maybe they need you. Maybe they need you. You say, well, I don't know if anybody needs me. Well, let me talk to you first. Maybe they don't. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but most likely, you, you need them and they need you. And we need that. The, under, the, the idea is this. You are now an ambassador for the kingdom. You are a representative of God. You are salt and light. And so as we study the word of God together, we become more and more of that. And we influence our culture and you see, you see, as we draw people back to Christ, as people in this country start serving the Lord, and you know what will happen? People won't kill their babies. You understand that? When, when people start serving the Lord and studying the Word of God, then they'll realize, oh, this is what the Bible says a man is. Oh, this is what a Bible, the Bible says a woman is. Oh, this is how I should be raising my children. Oh, this is why my kids don't obey me. Oh, this is why, this is why I don't get along with my wife. Or I don't get along with... Oh, this is the problem. And I, I, I begin to understand the Word of God, and then lives change. And when lives change, communities change. And when communities change, the nation changes. You see that? That's where we are. That's our objective. That's our strategy. But now, I want you to see... I want you to see, we're going to get down to verse 11, or verse 10, the Bible says this, and Joshua commanded the officers and the people, <clears throat> saying, so he gives the command, they're, they're about to go in. He doesn't say, let's go, let's take off now. He, do, he doesn't do that, look in verse 11, he says, pass through the host, he tells the, the commanders, pass through the host and command the people, saying, prepare you victuals. That's not Jethro Bodine. He's saying the word victuals means food. Get, get your food ready. For within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go to possess the land uh, which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. He said, here's the deal. You need to make preparations. And they had an objective. They had strategies. But they needed to make preparation. 
They needed to make sure they had food. They needed to make sure they had nourishment. They needed what they needed in order to make it through uh, the, the battles that were going to come up. And that's very, very important. It's so important that we make preparations. We need to make preparations in our life. Look, it's, there's, I'm telling you, there's Christians and there are good people across this country that are saying, hey, we're just going to do something. We're going to change our culture. We're going to change it. And you're going to do You can't do anything in the arm of your flesh. You cannot do, you cannot win the cultural war. You cannot convince somebody else in your own power to get saved. You cannot, you have no ability to convert the lost. But God does. And so it's important that you and I walk with him. That is, we need to walk in the word. The Bible says this, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I need to know what the word of God says so that I'm living right, so that I'm doing right, so I'm going the right direction. Without the light of God's word, I cannot, go, I, I cannot see where I'm supposed to go. I cannot go where I'm supposed to go. The Bible says this, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I guess it's about 20 years ago now. More than that, probably 25, 26, 7 years ago. Uh, I was invited to hike the Grand Canyon. And if you ever want to have a miserable time, take the hike to the Grand Canyon. I mean, hike the Grand Canyon. It's not just go look at the edge. We were going down into the Grand Canyon. See, I was told that it was seven and a half miles, or seven miles down to a place called Phantom Ranch, and then you come up the other way, and it's nine and a half miles up the other way. And I said, well, this is exciting. And my wife said, hey, this will be great. Let's do it. And so for, for weeks, my wife and I walked and walked we walked every morning walked every morning getting ready for this hike that we were going to be taking and we prepared for that so so uh we we got there we hiked down the grand canyon and uh we we got all the way down that was that wasn't so hard people say people people will lie to you good people lie to you they say the hardest part is going down they are liars it's just a lie the hardest part is, oh, it'll just it'll tear up your calves. I went down there, my calves were feeling fine. They weren't feeling so good coming up. So we, we went down there, we, we camped, uh, we got up the next morning, and uh, uh, we, we camped down there, we hiked around down there for, for a day, and then we, the next morning we slept. Then, then we walked up uh, about halfway up to a place called Indian Terrace or Indian River or something. Anyway, we walked, it's, it's about... It's about five miles up there, but it's a slow, gradual thing. Then, now I'm with a group of, of preachers, and I'm with a group of young people, and, and everybody's all jazzed up about this, and I'm thinking, God, just help me make it to the top. <laughs> and, uh, and so we get there. Now we get to the, you, after the five-mile hike, you come to the bottom of the, or to the edge of the canyon. From that point on, it's four and a half, uh, four and a half uh, miles up, switchbacks, just up like this, up like this, just back and forth and back and forth, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you just keep going. Now, we're with a bunch of crazy people. They're Christians, but they're crazy Christians. 
they were all saying, what time are you getting up? What time are you getting up? What time are you getting up? To get up in the morning. They want to get up real early to beat the sun, and they want, to beat the, they want to be the first ones to the top. I just want to get to the top. You understand? And so, uh, so they're, all, they're all, well, it's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sleeping on a cold floor on, in a tent, and the rocks are there and everything. And, and, and about 3 o'clock in the morning, I thought, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. So I get up. And I, and I get up at 3 o'clock to go to the bathroom. That's any, anybody with any elective sense, that's the only reason you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I got up to go to the bathroom, and I came back. Well, these, these people that are all jazzed, they think I'm getting up to, to be the first one up. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one back to bed in just a minute. And, and, and so I get up, and I go to the restroom, and I, I hear these people whispering, J -j 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 -j. and, and I, I, I go to the restroom. I come back. As I'm coming back, people are packing up their tents. I said, what are you doing? They said, well, we thought you were going. I said, no, I'm not going. I'm going to bed. They said, we're going up. I said, oh, my goodness. And then, th and then there's noise going on around. I thought, oh, man, now i got to get up. And so now we're packing up, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning now. We're the last people getting up. We're packing the stuff up, getting the backpacks on, and we're, we're hiking up. It is so dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And so we each had a little flashlight. And that little flashlight was very, very important. You say, why was it important? Because you're on a path about this big, and you're going up the side of a mountain. And if your light goes off, you walk off the side of the mountain. That can be dangerous, you understand? That could hurt, and it could cause death. So the light, the light is very, very important. And here's what happens. You take that light and you shine it in front of you and it only shows you about five, six feet in front of you, but you follow the light. One step at a time, you follow the light. As you follow the light, you stop and massage your muscles and then you walk, you just keep following the light. You just, that's what you do, you follow the light. Without the light, you're in major, major danger. You have to have the light. I'm telling you, there's Christians that are stumbling through this world. They don't spend time in the Word of God. They, they, they've got the philosophies of the world. They've got television. They've got the Internet. They've got everybody telling them everything, but they're not spending time in the Word of God. You must walk in the light. You must know the Lord. You must walk in His light if you're going to win. That's your strategy. That's your food. That's your preparation. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. But you have to daily surrender to Him and say, God, I surrender to you. I'm asking you to control me. Let me do what you want me to do. Weird circumstances will come into your life. Unexpected trials will come into your life. But if you are surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God and you're reading the Word of God for direction every day, you're going to have preparation to win the battle that you're going to face. And then you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be a person of prayer. In the New Testament, the, 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 the believers were threatened, and they were told, if you keep preaching in this name, you're going to go to jail, you're going to be tormented, you're going you're to die. And so the Bible tells us that Peter and James and John, after hearing that, go back to the, to the, to the people of God, or, or to the people who were praying, and he said, they said, listen, we've been threatened if, if we keep preaching this truth, if we keep doing what God tells us to do, if we keep following the objective and, and following the strategies, if we keep doing that, then 
then they're going to kill us. That's a fearful thing. I don't care how spiritual you are. That's a fearful thing. So they said, they prayed. They didn't say that, God, please protect us from their threats. This is what he said. They, they prayed that God would give them boldness in the midst of their threats. And the Bible says and when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. They asked for boldness to preach and keep doing what God wanted them to do. Listen, it's absolutely mandatory that you pray. We have prepared for you today uh, prayer journals for 2024. We normally pass these out the first week of the year. Get one of those prayer journals. Get one of those prayer journals. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till the next day. Get a prayer journal. If you already have one, then great. Uh, one lady said to me this morning, uh, one husband said to me, my wife totally and completely wore hers out last year. That's the way it should be. We need to wear them out. Put your name in it. Find a prayer partner. Find somebody who will pray with you, will check with you and say, hey, did you pray for me? Did you pray for me? Did you pray for me? Ask, ask them. I can, there, are, there are several people that I can look at and say, hey, if they ask me, did you pray for me? I can say, yeah, I prayed for you today. I make it a habit to let people know that I pray for them it's because I want to be accountable to them. You say, isn't that the wrong motive for prayer? I don't care what the motive is. Here's the deal. God said if I pray, he'll answer my prayers. And I'm doing everything I can to motivate my selfish, fleshly person to pray. And so if I can get other people to, to say, ask me if I'm praying, uh, that, that motivates me. I want to pray. You need to write down, listen, this says my, my prayer pattern, my place of prayer. Where's it going to be? My time of prayer. What time are you going to pray? What time are you going to pray? If you don't have a place, if you don't have a time, and if you don't have uh, a, some priorities in your prayer, you're not going to pray. This says priorities for prayer. You should write down the names of people that you're going to pray for or things that you're going to pray for and pray for them every single day. This does not have to be a long, drawn-out thing. Jesus said to, his, uh, said to his disciples, look, the Pharisees think that they're going to be heard because of their must, much speaking. You don't have to speak a long time, but you need to get alone with God and you need to have time of prayer. I'm telling you, it's your preparation. We can have the objective, we can know the strategy, but if we're not in walking with God, if we're not praying, if we're not taking time in the Word of God, if this gives you an opportunity to set a time of Bible reading, your, your Bible reading doesn't have to be some magnanimous huge number. Just say, I'm going to read five, five verses a day. I'm going to read a chapter a day. I'm going to read a psalm a day. I'm going to read a proverb a day. Uh, just make that, and you say, well, I don't, I, 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 that's hard. Just just determine there's going to be an amount that you're going to pr pray every day, a, an amount of time that you're going to read the Word of God every day. Use this. There's an opportunity to say, how am I going to grow in my spiritual growth? Use this. It's for you. It's got a, time, a place in there where it says, um, where it says uh, uh, pray for my family. I, I pray this every day. I, I, I say, Lord, help me to praise and thank and glorify and honor and bless. Help me not to complain or grumble or backbite or judge or blaspheme. That's why I'm such a nice guy, uh, because I pray that every day. So uh, this has got a list of things that Jesus said to pray. It's got the Lord's Prayer list in it that you, that you can use. I pray for America every day. I pray for America every day. This, these are the 10 things that I pray for America every single day. I pray that God's presence would be made known in America, that God would forgive us of our sins, that God would protect uh, his sons and daughters. I, I remind God that he has 86 million sons and daughters in America, and I ask him to protect 
his sons and daughters, my brothers and sisters. I, I, I pray for God to heal our land spiritually and physically, to save our civic leaders. <clears throat> I pray that God will turn the hearts. You should pray this. This is something you should pray every day. Turn the heart of American voters towards righteousness and open their blinded eyes. See, you know why? Because the people of the country are supposed to be the powers that be. God ordained that people in this country are the ones that make the decisions. Now you, that may be stolen away from us, but I'm telling you we should be praying that God will open the hearts of American voters and that, and the church leaders around the country would stand for truth. Preachers need to stand up and say certain things are right and certain things are wrong. Preachers need to stand for truth. You need to pray for them. Pray for God's protection on our families and on our children. Pray for our ministry outreach. Pray for, <coughs> for American Christians to be a light to the world. I pray that every day. I would encourage you to pray the same thing every day. You say, the same thing is in that vain repetition? Not if you mean it. Vain means empty. God wants us to pray over and over and over for these things. I have a, it says my, my prayer for my family. I have it all typed out. Every, all 30 members of my family, all my children, all my grandchildren are all listed there. I pray for them every single day by name. Not any big long prayer. I pray, I pray for that, that they would be saved, that they'll live for the Lord, that God will give them godly spouses. I pray that every day. What are you praying for? There's a, a list of things that we pray for for the church. It's amazing. Go through the church prayer list from last year. Every prayer request was answered. I don't have to, we didn't have to put in it this year. We pray that God will eliminate the debt because God did that. Can you say amen to that? Amen. God answered prayer. Pray. Look, what I'm saying is they made preparation. And your preparation needs to be in the Word of God in prayer. Not only that, I want you to see this. We've got to continue on. They knew their enemies. They knew their enemies. Look, look at verse, look at verse um, 12. It says, And the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh spake unto Joshua. And you may not understand what that is. Let me explain that. <clears throat> there were 12 tribes in Israel. And God had told all 12 tribes, you're going to go and you're going to invade this land. But the Reubenites and the Gadites, they were the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the, and the sons, half of the tribe of Manasseh, the sons of Manasseh, they had found land on the other side of Jordan. They had found land that they were living in right then. They liked it. They said, this is good. We'd rather just stay here. And Moses said to him, well, that's fine. If you, stay, if you want to stay here, you can. But when they go over the Jordan River and they invade the entire land, you have to send your soldiers with them. All your men need to go and fight with them because we are one and we are unified together and we've got to fight this thing together. So remember this, when, when the time comes, don't split apart. Don't think they're your enemies. And, and, uh, and, and the other, to the other nine and a half tribes, he didn't say, don't think they're your enemies. He said, you need to understand that we are one and we're doing this together. And so the Bible says they, they, they come to him and, and, and Joshua says to them in verse 13, remember the word of Moses, the servant of the Lord. He commanded you saying, the Lord your God hath given uh, given you rest and hath given you this land, but your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, but you will pass before your brethren armed, ready for war, 
all the mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord have given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then you shall return unto the land of your possessions and enjoy it, which Moses, the, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of Jordan towards the sunrise. And he said, now you've got to remember your promises, and you've got to remember these are not your enemies. We are, we are brethren together. Now look at their response. Look at their response. Verse 16, And they answered Joshua, saying, All thou commanded us to do, we will do. It's so important that we remember this, that in the world that we live in, we cannot fight against other Christians. We may not agree with every Christian that does everything, that Christians do different things. Christians within this church live different ways and do different things. But what we need to understand, we cannot fight against brothers in Christ. Say amen to that. We cannot battle against brothers in Christ. We need to be united. We need to understand that any win for any Christian is a win for us. We need to understand that. The Bible says this. Jesus was speaking about Satan when he said, if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. One of the big problems in America in general is this. We're divided against ourselves. Jesus again said in Luke, but, but, but he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. It is so important that you and I do everything we can to remain unified with brothers and sisters in Christ. We, I, I, listen, if you can't say something good, follow Thumper's advice. Say nothing at all. If you can't say something good, just keep your mouth quiet. The Bible tells us this, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan hates this country. Satan hates Christians. Satan hates you. And Satan hates the guy that you hate. You need to understand that. Satan hates us because we are created in the image of God and he hates us doubly if we're saved because we're children of Almighty God and we're advancing his kingdom and he hates us and so he'll do everything he can to divide you from every other Christian that you know so that you will not succeed. Look, don't let it happen. Remember this, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary is the devil and he is as a roaring lion and he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Don't let him devour you or any other Christian that you know about. Say amen to that. Look, they said, we're not, we're not the enemies. We are, we are going to stick together. There's too much competition between Christians. We need every church in Las Vegas, we need every church in America to stand for truth and we need to stand behind them as they stand for truth. Then I want you to see this lastly. They supported their leaders. They supported their leaders. Look what it says again in verse 16. It says, And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as he has hearkened unto Moses in all things, so we will hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Not only did they say, we're going to listen to you, they said, we're going to pray for you. We're praying that the Lord your God, our God, will be with thee. And then he said this. <laughs> Look at verse 18. It's amazing. Whosoever he be that doth rebel, against thy commandments if somebody criticizes you and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him uh, he shall be put to death we're going to kill him now we don't do those things I just want you to understand but he's saying look he's saying he's saying we're not going to allow people to criticize you 
So he says, be strong. They say to him now what God's been saying to all of them, be strong and of good courage. Listen, they determined that they were going to be behind their leaders. Hebrews chapter 13 talks, says this, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. He's talking about spiritual leaders, for they watch for your souls, that they may give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. Support your leaders. I'm telling you, Pastor Matt needs your prayers. Pastor Shore needs you. This preacher needs you. We need you as we're moving forward. Follow them outwardly and vocally. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, the, the writer of Hebrews says, Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. What he's saying is this. Look, we want to do what's right. Sometimes we have a problem with that. We, we want to have a good conscience. We want to do honestly. So pray for us that we'll do what's right. And then stay positive. In Ephesians, the Bible says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Don't let negative things come out of your mouth about brothers and sisters in Christ. Just don't let it. It's so easy. Oh, do you see what he did? Do you see what they did? Did you see what they did? Did you hear? Don't do that. If it's a Christian brother, then encourage him and lift him up. And then they said, hey, if somebody's upset and they're not going to follow you, we'll kill them. Don't do that, but don't, don't be critical. Don't, listen, avoid the critics. Avoid the critics. The Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. When we're critical of one another, it grieves the Spirit of God. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, sometimes you can get bitter, sometimes you get anger. He says, let it, let, and all clamor that is constantly spouting your mouth off and evil speaking be put away from you. The word put away means divorce. It's the same word as divorce. So divorce these things, divorce bitterness, divorce wrath, divorce anger, divorce clamor, divorce evil speaking. Put it away from you with all malice. If you're going to get angry, get angry at those things. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You know why, Kyle, we have to forgive one another? Because we're always messing up. See, I have to forgive you because you mess up. You have to forgive me because I mess up. So he says, just be that way. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. When you don't feel like forgiving, remember that Jesus forgave you. So what's the conclusion? Well, we've looked at several things. Number one, we've looked at our objective. Our objective is what? To develop disciples for Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do. They won because they followed their objective. What's the strategy? It's to give the gospel to everyone. Get involved in that. Take your gospel tracts home, tell everybody, and then get involved in the connection classes. Get involved in allowing us to help you grow in Christ. That's what we're here to help you do. And then you need to be, pre be prepared. Daily surrender to the Holy Spirit of God. You say, well, I don't know whether I'm going to come to a connection class tonight. Why don't you just right now say, Jesus, do you want me to come to a connection class and get to know my other brothers and sisters in Christ and grow deeper in your word? Is that what you want me to do, Jesus? Just want to ask you, let me know. And you know what? He'll answer you. Say, I don't want to do that. Yeah, because you know the answer, okay? So know your enemies and refuse to fight with your brothers and sisters. Just make that a commitment. And then pray for your leaders. Follow them and stay positive and avoid the critics. If we do those things, 
we have a winning strategy. Father, help us to take your truth. Help us to apply it to our lives. I pray, Father, that we would hear what has been said, but not just be hearers, but do, doers of your word. And I ask you to help us to apply these things to our lives for your glory and for your honor. If there's somebody here not saved, I pray for their salvation right now. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.